This episode of the FS Podcast is brought to you by CBS All Access. Looking for a new streaming service to add so you can watch more stuff? Check out CBS All Access. Hit up infamouspodcast.com slash CBS and you can get a free one-week trial to CBS All Access and check out things like Star Trek Discovery, Picard, Survivor, um, you know, all the other cool stuff that CBS has to offer. Star Trek Discovery, I said that already. You should really watch that. Um, yeah, so hit up infamouspodcast.com slash CBS to learn more. Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. And this is Daryl. And this is episode 247. And you know what, Daryl? It looks like rain. Yeah, it's raining all day here. It's raining Umbrella Academy. (laughs) We are what? Uh, This is Thursday Thursday night. We are what? Thursday night. Eight hours away from Eight hours. It'll be on at like 3 a.m. So... So the kid, I know the kid. Three a.m. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's eight hours. Okay, you're right. Anyway, <laughs> the uh, the kid loves Umbrella Academy, right? And so I told her, I right. said, I'm gonna have watched three episodes before you even wake up tomorrow. Um, <laughs> now, to be fair, that means I'm gonna wake up at like six and watch them. So, because <laughs> she doesn't wake up until like nine or ten anyway. Um. But, yeah, so that's exciting. So we're going to do a little recap of season one just for the people who listen on Sunday and, and maybe haven't watched yet to to get back, decide to get back into it. Uh, we got some news about the Kate Bishop Hawkeye series uh, casting. Um, a really great article by Variety about why Comic-Con at home was a bust and kind of our thoughts on that. And then uh, the AMC Theater deal. We have a lot of news today. Uh, the AMC Theater... Uh, Universal Pictures deal, which everybody hates, um, kind of like Comic-Con at home. And then a story about a comic book writer who is 100% a bag of dicks. Um, and I thought about taking that out of the the little summary there uh, for the top of the show, but I'm leaving it in because this guy is, is awful. Um, and so we're going to talk about that, and we'll get to that uh, later. All right, so Daryl, first things first um, – you know, lots of news because Comic-Con, but it looks like uh, IDW Publishing has hired a new publisher, and um, he's already been put on administrative leave. He was put on administrative leave five days after starting. Um, the guy's name is Judd Myers. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about him. I do know that the departing Chris Royale was a really great guy. Um so I know for you this isn't like a huge thing because you're not super into comics like I am. But, I mean, this is a really big deal. So um, previous to this, he was the um, – Judd Myers was the global sales director um, since joining in August of last year. Um, and he also worked for comic book retailer Blast Off Comics, um, a California store he co-owned um, with IDW writer Scott Tipton, as well as Earth 2 Comics. Now – uh, there's been a lot of speculation, and I couldn't really find a definitive answer as to why he was put on administrative leave. So I'm, I'm going to let you guys Google and kind of find that out for yourself because I don't really want to speculate because one of the things is kind of creepy and the other things is kind of just, you know, me too-y. Um, so I don't know which one is true. 
Yeah, and I was and I was reading this article and thinking there is literally zero information about why this is going on. And especially in this environment now, like, and again, we'll go speculation is a good, you know, kind of like segue when we talk about Tom King, your boy, the bag of dicks, but yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I definitely, you know, again, like you said, this is nothing kind of like that, that would be on my radar if we weren't talking about it um, today. Yeah. So. But yeah, it just seems, well, it's not just seems, it is very weird that somebody would be hired. And then five days later, is put on administrative leave. Yeah, and so I mean, I, Ezra Rosenshaft, uh, IDW CDO, CEO, is taking over as publisher in the in the short term. Um, but yeah, this, it's really weird because you know, again, like these are these are things that we talk about, right? Like if you're going to hire right. somebody, do some do some due, dil- due diligence. Due diligence. Yep. Find out like who they are, what's going on with them, and then if uh, if you can't. Don't hire them. Right. It's it's that simple. So um, and and again, it's it's kind of like you know it's, we were talking to like uh, you know the, earlier today about the whole Ray Park thing, which again we're that's not on our, our table, but it just reminds me of Disney and the whole James Gunn situation where yep. James Gunn's tweets were what eight and ten years old. Yeah. If Disney didn't know about them, that was just complete flubbery on their part yeah and 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 then and, and again everything kind of like blew over and they hired him back so right. i mean that's disney's that fault a, but disney knew yeah. about them because he apologized for them before the first guardians that's, movie exactly. that's the problem so, right yeah um right do your due diligence know what it is and if you're not comfortable with it you know even though you know you know it's out there even though it's been five or six years seven years whatever it may be then don't hire the person. Yeah, I mean it's like uh what's his name from The Flash? Uh uh Hartley Sawyer. Yeah, Hartley Sawyer, yeah. thank you. Who who yeah. you know, they let go. They they just unsumer- unceremoniously like, all right, you, there's this stuff that's a decade old out there. Fuck off, you're gone. Um yeah. and so, you know, like it, I the one thing the 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 one kind of creepy thing is where he was involved in the comic book shops and and like how he kind of grew his business. There, there were some alleged lawsuits and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, if that's a case and that's something that's going to keep you from, like, or for putting him on administrative leave, maybe while you find something out, fine. If it's the other, like, Me too type stuff, then don't hire someone in this day and age if you don't have definitive answers. So, like, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to equate it to wrestling. Um, you know, they, they had the whole speaking out, they called it speaking out movement, all the, all the ladies in, in wrestling who came forward and, oh my God, it was eye opening. But one of the guys, Matt Riddle, um, for WWE had disclosed to WWE and he got hired. Hey, there's an issue with this woman in my family. He had an affair with her. It ended. She's mad. She's trying to end his career. And, you know, so when everyone was doing the speaking out thing and then she popped back up, he didn't get in any trouble because they already knew about it. Okay. And, you know, they, they, you know, believed him and his wife that like, you know, this was a thing that happened. It's done. Nothing bad, nothing, you know, nefarious went on or anything like that. So, right. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. It, it's just, I'm, I'm going to definitely follow this story and, and, and hopefully we'll be able to give an update in a week or two, but, it just seems very, very strange that five days after this dude gets hired, 
you know, I don't know. I, I just, I think with everything that's happening in comic books right now, um, you just have to like watch what you're doing. So, um, the pro yeah. and, and you, I a hundred percent agree. I, I, on the other hand, you can't do anything about what you did in the past. Uh, unless you, and the, the best thing you can do is you know, like you said, you were talking just about Matt Riddle, you know, he came forward, you know, to his bosses, you know, like, Hey, this is what happened. Yeah. He was like, so, Hey, so Vin, you hey Vinny Mac. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey so, yo, I'm not the bad guy. <laughs> Reza Ramon. Worst Razor Ramon ever. Anyway. Uh, no, it was better than yours. Buddy. No, no. I'm but, saying mine was the worst. Uh, like, Hey, yo, um, Anyway, all right. So oh, that's old school wrestling. I love that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so we 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 finally have our Kate Bishop. Um, after yes. some serious ups and downs with this series before it's even gone to to um film to 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 production. Um, it was gonna happen. It wasn't gonna happen. It was gonna happen. It wasn't. It's back on now. Um, and then Haley Steinfeld has been drafted into the role of Kate bishop um and there was a ton of speculation about this because last week for months yeah but it's been like, la but i mean as much as last week they said she's not doing it and then yeah. um this great article from uh mcu cosmic which is an awesome mcu site if you guys are ever looking for good like news and rumors um they put out the search for kate bishop might uh might be over very soon Today, the Illuminati is reporting that Haley Steinfeld has been officially signed as Kate Bishop. Technically, she hasn't signed yet. Um, according to the sources, um, it's not 100% official. It's more like 99%. No contract has been signed, but it's looking like it'll happen. And then there was an update, like right after this one came out. In the 90 minutes since our story ran, the 99% went to 100% as the contract has now been signed. Marvel Studios has their Kate Bishop officially. This is fantastic casting. Yes, absolutely. I remember when, again, you know, we were talking about how the rumor, well, I was just talking about how her name has been floating out there for months. Years. And, and like for, you said. For two years since they've announced that this was going to be a, one of the, the D-plus shows. Yeah, and, and like you said, like over the last few months, a couple months, I should say, it was that, you know, that show Dickinson she's doing. Yeah, which uh, I, that's on the like, to watch list on on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, I, I do want to check that out. Like they said, that was going to kind of you know interfere the whole scheduling conflicts mm -hmm. thing where we see that a lot in movies where right. actors are supposed to get a certain role. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of Steinfeld. Um, she was the fan. highlight of the Bumblebee movie. Yes, absolutely. She was the highlight of the movie, and and this was the best like version of a Transformer that we got and, and that's even counting the cybertron stuff where we got to see the g1 version of characters like she was yeah. the the best part of she that was movie. great um she she's was, really good again, in the pitch perfect series um edge of 17 she's yeah. great in yeah oh yeah you know favorite coming of age movies yep um so i mean this is really exciting and I, i'm excited to see her like do the physicality that's gonna come with with kate bishop um in the, the attitude that that comes with Kate yeah. Bishop, which will be a lot of fun. Um, and I th I think maybe more importantly, like for the future, like you said earlier before we started um, recording, her and Tom Holland, you know, leading the Young Avengers or leading the MCU down the road is the possibilities for that. Well, you know, I, I know we've lost 
you know, Tony Stark. We've yeah. lost, spoiler alert, we, <laughs> we lost, uh, you know, Chris Evans as Captain America. Yeah. It looks like we're losing Chris Hemsworth, um, you know, with God and Thunder. Um, but anyway, but no, yeah. like, I, I think the whole idea that they wanted to put, like, Captain Marvel front and center, um, you know, like, this is a young lady that you build a franchise around, not Brie Larson. 100%. Not 100%. Brie Larson. And and there's nothing – like, Brie Larson is a fine actress. Like, she's in that Natalie Portman vein. If you give her good stuff, she's a good actress. If you if there's any sort of ambiguity or weakness in the director's chair, you're not going to get a great performance out of it. She's her. not a transformative actress no. in the sense of – like, you know, there are some actors that, out there that get, you know, average to crap material and they can make something out of yeah. it. Or, like you said, the ambiguity and they, they – just take off and run with it. From I mean, what I've seen with her, she she hasn't done that. I, I think her best role to date is as Ivy Adams in um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. <laughs> like honestly, like that, that, I feel like that was that was the only time you look at her and you're not like, oh hey, that's Brie Larson. Right. I think the next yeah, best was, was her her stuff in in um in the Twenty One Jump Street series. And again, that's Lord and Miller. They're good directors. They they do a good job with their sets. And then it's Edgar Wright, who is, you know, five movies into his career, one of the best directors in the history of Hollywood. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, yeah, that would have been a, like Marvel trying to do that would was one of those things where I saw from the jump. I said, I was thinking that's a misstep. Yeah. And now you got that, you know, do over chance, you know, having Kate Bishop, having, you know, Tom Holland, yeah. and, you know, the Sony deal kind of smoothed out. Mm-hmm. It, this is one of those things, like you said, this is one of these are this duo could lead the MCU for the next 10 years. Yeah, at least. I mean, but like you put you put that franchise squarely on either of their two shoulders and fans will be happy. The box office receipts will be happy once the movie theaters open back up if they ever do. And then, you know, you, you've got you've got your franchise like it's not like because, you know, love Robert Downey Jr., but. Like he was like fifty, almost fifty when they he made Iron Man, you know. Um, now he's pushing sixty, and it's like great, this is awesome. Like, but how long can you keep doing this? And you know, he went out on right. a high note. And the thing is, is now that he's gone, he can come back as AI and yep. like run the Iron Man suit and and everything. And and you know, Morgan Stark can grow up and and become, you know, Ironheart or whatever she's you know um or she can just be iron man whatever you want to call it but that would be fine with me like make a right. brand new make a brand new iron man character for the movies or take the kid from iron man 3 like let him like mm-hmm. you know be iron man um yeah i cuz they're connected I, I will say i would rather them not do re re williams cuz i just don't like her as a character yeah you know, so this we'll talk a little bit more about her when we talk about Tom King because it kind of goes into the whole thing. Um, all right, so moving on, we had Comic Con at home last week, and it had just started when we when we were recording last week. So, um, Variety says it was a bust. Um, I I am I'm quick to agree. Uh, the, what I saw was not good. Um, the panels weren't fun. The people moderating the panels didn't seem to really know anything about the panels they were talking about. And the news that came out was in drips and drabs. 
and none of nothing really came out seemed too exciting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, what do you, what are your thoughts? It, again, I look, because this is not necessarily the organizers fault all the way. I'll say, because let's face it being in live and in person for this is, this is one of those events that, you know, you being live and in person, not necessarily from a standpoint of news, that's something totally different. And you're, Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. The news that came out, they could have done a much better job with that. Yeah. Um, so, but just like the fanfare about it, it just, it was nice. And how they, how they did this over a couple months period, putting this together, you know, I, you know, I, I applaud that. However, with that being said, you know, you're just not going to get that bang you right. would get from a live audiences and, you know, live tweeting like they were talking about here. The tweets, you know, 1.7 million or something like that in the four days last year. Right. And this year it was like it was barely it was under 100,000. Well, I mean, the top the top um, like panel from YouTube was the New Mutants panel and it logged just over 208,000 YouTube views between July 23rd and july 27th when the article was printed i don't know what it is it's at right now um but that was largely due to they showed the first like 10 minutes of the movie or whatever um so people tuned in um and still it says here success here is relative the 50 second ad promoting comic-con at home panel for the new mutants has logged 303 views in 11 days now um the retrospective panel for history's Vikings, uh, Vikings, a look back with the Lofbrooks, uh, performed a little better on YouTube with 218,000, but that wasn't a part of Comic-Con at home, you know? Right. Um, they announced that season 11 of the walking dead would be delayed due to the pandemic. Um, you know, and, and it was a lot of pre-recorded stuff. I, I just, I, I found, I found a lot of it to be just kind of a little blah. Um, I tried to watch. I like that show Superstore on MTV. And yeah. they did a Comic-Con at home thing. It's on uh, Hulu now. It's an hour long, which the show is only a half hour show. Uh, I tried to watch it and I just was like, this is stupid. Like, why am I wasting my time? Yeah. And, and again, this is one of the things that it's not the organizer's fault. This part is, as far as you're doing a Zoom panel. Yeah. The energy you're going to get, even if everybody's engaged, is going to be much different than if they're engaged and on stage together. Right. Because I've like I've watched I watch I watched a few minutes of a couple different panels and I was bored to tears. Well, and and to make matters worse, you know, Zack Snyder was at the Justice Con thing, right? Which and they were they revealed the Superman in the black suit, and that got 260 views in less than 48 hours live. Um, yeah. you know, and so the thing is one, uh, did you hear they never made a black suit? They just color corrected it in post. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. He said that he was like, yeah, we tried to get them to make a black suit and they're like, we'll just fix it in post. <laughs> so, um, little, little spoiler there. Uh, the black suit looked really cool and it moved really well. So, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just happy that we're going to get to see that. Uh, the other news that came out of that, which again, it's not part of Comic Con at home, but like part of the just this nerd weekend that just happened, is uh, he said they are not going to have any of the Joss Whedon footage. 
yeah. He said, I'd rather have it burned. It's <laughs> interesting, man. Burn this. Yeah. I mean, between, between this and everything that Ray Fisher has said about Joss Whedon and yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I, I think where Comic-Con succeeds online, right. For, for those of us who don't get to go every year, um, our comic, cause like I have Comic-Con at home every year mm-hmm. and it's because you get to see the people who are there, right? You get the panels, you get the questions, you get the the crazy cosplayers and walking up and asking a question from their favorite star of their favorite TV show, and they're they're in tears because they they are standing thirty feet away from this person asking a question, right? It's it's right. that's the beauty of it, and. Yeah. You know, the beauty is like when you learn about Brian Cranston spent a day on the Comic-Con floor wearing a Walter White mask. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, stuff like it, that. It's yeah. those kind of things. Hayden Christensen walked around as a stormtrooper. Oh, that might have been at a celebration. But still, I mean, things like that. Like having gone to Star Wars Celebration last year, it, it's like I get it now. I understand like what the, what the infectious like big show in person, you know, experience is all about. So I, I'm I'm not surprised that it failed. I will say I'm happy they tried. I, I am. Uh, I I just think maybe what you do is instead of like sticking with that moderator panel, whatever, it's you just have like do what do what Josh Gad has been doing with the uh, reunited together or reunited apart series on YouTube. Have you watched any of those? Oh, he's done a ton. He did like a Goonies reunion. He did uh, Back to the Future. He he's done a whole. He did a Princess Bride one. Um, He's done five or six, maybe ten. They're really good, and that's because Josh Gad is super likable. But right, you you, maybe you pick the like most likable person from that cast and be like, hey, you're the you're gonna be the person who moderates this, and you know you're gonna lead the ship, and and you know here's you know, here's the super chat where you can ask questions or, or whatever. And we're going to have people, you know, pay to, to ask a question and we're going to donate all the money into charity. Like that would, that, that would, was never fantastic. a thing. Right. That's dude. That's a, such a fantastic idea. Um, like, especially like, you know, I, I, I'm not really versed in this super chat, although I've watched enough, enough, uh, people, you know, live commentary to know what it is. Yeah. Uh, but that, that would be, that would have made things so much better just because of the fan interaction it would have given that you don't have yeah. because of, you know, the whole pandemic and not having everything. Yeah. I mean, I know Lance Finsterman, the guy who is the president of Reed pop who puts on comic-con, right? Like how right. they didn't think about this. Like the, the, the team he has working for him is a bunch of really very smart people who are really very passionate about putting on the best, like geek conventions that they can. And they had, plenty of time between the time that they canceled the live you know in-person con and they decided to do this that they could have come up with something better do you think it's possible that somebody did come up with that but for whatever reason they rejected it no idea so i i don't like understand i don't see i think i don't it, know why they would but, well you know. so i here's why i think if it, if they if someone did come up with that and they're like hey let's do this and like let's give it all to like black lives matter or something they might have been like let's steer clear of the politics whereas i think which, you know which i understand you should they yeah, should they shouldn't be political at all 100 um, get that. you know they did the there there's yeah um 
so yeah i i don't know um it's just it, it made me it made me sad but at the same time like it makes me hopeful that they'll be able to do it next year and it'll be in person and you know it'll be it'll be good to go yeah here's uh, hoping yeah here's hoping all right so <laughs> moving on so universal and um amc theaters signed an agreement and it turns out that just because they signed this agreement does not mean that it will happen because all the other theater chains need to actually agree to this and all the other movie distribution studios have to agree to this. So it's basically like you sign in a contract with the team and saying, uh, well, well, the players need to agree to this as well. It's like a high school kid agreeing to go to a college that he has no intention yeah. of going to because he's going to turn pro, you know? Um, yeah. like it's like LeBron when he was visiting Ohio state. Yeah. Right. He was never going to go to yeah. Ohio state. And you know, that was the sweepstakes of which college he's going to go to and which coach is going to get suspended or fired for recruiting violations. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so, all right. So anyway, the deal in a nutshell, um, gives universal the right to release movies on demand premium on demand for rent um at 20 to 25 dollars a pop when the movie comes out and then they have to wait three to uh they have to wait until the three month like 90 days after the debut in cinemas to reduce the rental fees to three to six dollars um and it doesn't say anything about sale in there so i like i'm just reading this and it's like this is so stupid the the whole idea that they would do like that they would just agree to this where it's like you know what distributors like one the movie theaters need to step up their games right they need they need better technology they need better screens they need you know just kind of like in this day and age they need to come up with a better seating option because you know they, they just do because I, I, I do think sitting on top of each other all the time is a horrible experience and there's a ton of wasted space in theaters and there's no reason necessarily to have uh, have those front row seats, you know, where you're looking straight. No up. reason at all. None. No reason at all. Just greed. No. Um, and so I saw a funny thing on on Facebook where somebody had shared it where I guess a theater in France is trying to make the movie theater look like the Senate from the prequel. Uh, prequel trilogy <laughs> uh which would would make sense but at the same time like what if you're just one person like do you have to like rent out the whole pod like um i don't know because you're like me you like going to the movies by yourself uh right so this is just really weird so um this all stemmed because universal released trolls world tour online at the like just to buy right away um during the the height of uh coronation there and amc got mad about it like none of the other theaters really seem to get too mad about it but amc got mad i think partly because amc knows that they're not long for this world Um, exactly yeah but but yeah i I just like i mean we talked about this last week like going to the movies is is a great experience and it's fun um it has to be safe and it has to be something where you can still go and get like your popcorn and get a drink or an icy or yeah. whatever. Um, and in barring any of that from happening, you know, 
people want to stay home. And and honestly, I think renting for $20 is a bit of a price gouge. Um, well, that's like that automatic. I don't care what the movie is, Blackwood or whatever. I'm not renting a movie for 20 bucks. I'm just not. Right. And, unless I have like five or six people over. And, it's and they've all chipped to, in four bucks. <laughs> yeah. Just like we used to do with UFC events. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But that, you, you're not allowed to have five or six people over right now. You know, you got to limit. I, I, I couldn't care less. You got to um, limit. Y'all got to wear masks then. And, you know, no. social distance. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> you're the but, only one who's uh, allowed to pet Cooper. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. You get people see him and they're like oh i have to pet the kitty yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no it's funny when you sent this article because for a split second when i read the headline it reminded me of the idea you were talking about how you know movies need to get through the video game format and yeah. then when i actually read the article i was like oh, okay this is not quite what he was no talking about. this is not what i'm talking about um it also <laughs> says uh they came to an agreement that um will allow the studio films to premiere on premium premium on demand within three weeks of the theatrical debut. So it won't even be like day and date. Um, Whereas like, you know, a lot of these, like, you know, a bunch of the Marvel movies actually premiered overseas first, right? They didn't even premiere in the US. And you know what happened every single time that those premiered overseas first? They were pirated immediately and they were online a week before it came out in the States. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Did that affect the box office of a single Marvel movie? Nope. No. Like this is not this is not going to affect the the idea of box office. And and what we have to do is we have to stop thinking about movies as a box office draw. You have to think of it as how much money can I generate from this movie with a reasonable price? And I'm saying like if you want to sell it to me for 20 to $25, sweet. You know? That's that's yeah. what I would pay for a ticket and half of a small drink, um, you know, like maybe a quarter of a small drink. Maybe, yeah. You you, you need to take <laughs> financial aid out to to eat at the uh, the concession stands, but you know, doing it this way, I think one, like, what's our what's the big thing we're talking about in society right now? Inclusion. This includes everybody in the movie going experience and not having to wait six to nine months for a movie to hit DVD or Netflix or HBO or, or one of these other services, right? Um, and it lets everybody actually see it at the same time and, and have that, you know, communal uh, water cooler conversations about it, be it online, be it in person, be it like you know, a, a zoom chat where everybody hops on and talks about like what was great about the movie. So we have to start yeah. thinking differently. There there's, there's not going to like, like everyone's like, I can't wait to get back to normal. That normal is gone. That part of the timeline doesn't exist anymore. There's going to be a new normal and this should be a part of it. And this is, this is something where, you know, again, it includes everyone, anyone who has the ability to get online. And this is the reason, to your point, when people say get back to normal, and this it does it can be with anything. Once something traumatic happens, you're not getting back to quote unquote the normal because that's always going to be there. It's how you, you know, it's how how you look, go forward. You know, it's it's not about going back; it's about going forward. And 
I, and I think this is something that like we've talked about this over the years here and there, how the, you know, the movie making industry does need to change. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that something, you know, this I, tragic. I, or so this I'm going to, I'm going to correct you one little bit there. It's not the movie making industry. It's the movie distribution industry. Yeah. Well, I, I would say both because, you know, some of these, you know, some of these outrageous prices or not prices, but outrageous budgets for movies do have a, an effect on some of these distributions and some of the pricings of the theaters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I I, 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 yeah, I definitely think the distribution has to change, but I also think, you know, Hollywood has to change yeah. and how they look at stuff. So, and, and it's just a shame that it takes something, you know, again, when, when, the, when everything's rolling fine, people are less apt to want to change, mm-hmm. even if it's for the better or, or as um, Zod says, for the greater good. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's and, and and I get that. I get that. You know, there's been things in my life where it's been, things have been going well, and I don't want to change, even though I I can see that going this route and taking this chance is better for me in the long run. Yeah. It might be uncomfortable, but it's better for me in the long run. Right. And I yeah, I I 100% agree with you. I mean, because theaters you know, are already like to change. Yeah, I mean, theaters are already toying with the ideas. They're gonna charge more for like tentpole movies it's like screw you no Mm -mm. you know it's just ridiculous um all right so let's move on to our last news story and this is a one two three this is a four article like topic that we're talking about here this really made me mad um really really made me mad because uh you have tom king who is a writer for dc comics um, who I actually like his work. I, I enjoyed a good chunk of his run on Batman up until the end when he started mailing it in. Um, I've enjoyed his Strange Adventures, um, the Adam Strange comic, because we don't have enough Adam Strange in our, our in, in comic books right now. Um, and then his Mr. Miracle was was well received. And, you know, um, I actually like the um, the big Maxi series he did. I cannot think of the name of it right now. But anyway... Um, so he, he tweeted the, uh, on the 24th, um, and, and I'm going to read the tweets because he's taken, he's since taken this tweet down, but he said today, DC put out an alternative cover f- to Rorschach by Jay Lee, who has also done covers for comics gate, a hate group. DC does not consult creators on alternative covers. I reached out to them to express my de- deep disappointment. As far as I'm concerned, this is the cover to Rorschach number one and showed the standard cover, right? All right, so this is the whole thing we talked about a couple weeks ago with the cancel culture, right? Right. So instead of going to his colleague and being like, hey, you know, what's what's your story with this? Because, um, you know, maybe I don't agree with your politics and I don't want you on my book. Well, guess what? That's not really up to to Tom King. But to come out and, and to, to put, put it this way, um, you know, it's it's gross it's a hundred percent gross now here's the thing uh comics gate i had to look it up i didn't know what it was um because i don't follow that kind of like twitter drama so comics gate is a hashtag on twitter um it revolves around writer artist ethan van skyver and a group of people who are they don't want forced diversity in comics right so remember a couple Mm -hmm. months ago when you shared that um that article with me about the two new marvel characters um yes safe Safe space space and and snowflake um yeah you know that's what they're that's what these people are complaining about right um 
And while I don't agree with the the hate like part of what they do, um, no group is free of uh, trying to intimidate the other side to get their way, right? Um, so Absolutely let's right. not all act like we're angels here. Uh, now I'm like you and I, we we're not, we're, I'm never going to tweet at somebody and be like, you should be fired. You should be, you know, this, I mean, we're talking about this and, and like, because this is genuinely a problem right now in the industry that I love above all other industries. The comics industry is trying to destroy itself. And this is 100% indicative behavior of that happening. Um, Sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something. So, and, and again, this kind of might be apocryphal, but uh, you know, I'm listening to a book where you know they're going over some of the stuff with the history of you know some of the you know older founders of of the nation, some of the older presidents, and one of the thoughts was, or and again, this was that uh, Abraham Lincoln said, you know, if he was upset at someone, he would write a letter, kind of you know detailing all of his feelings about this person, mm-hmm. and then he would put it in a drawer and come back to it the next day yeah the problem with social media and this is the problem i've seen since the beginning is that it people have you know access to it from their pockets they can just you know type a few letters hit send they don't think about it and you would think something like this yes i under you you would understand it if, if kids did this because kids are impulsive kids don't think kids are you know basically dumb mm. i've been a kid i know we we're you know we're you know, we're dumb because you know we're smart but we're dumb we think we know everything the fact that this is happening more and more with adults right so disheartening well and, it's and, like, and in this instance it's an adult who claims to have worked for who allegedly worked for the cia you have to have extreme extreme eq to work there you have to have extreme right. emotional maturity to work there and you know dude if if you can't do that stay the fuck off of twitter yeah and plain and, and simple thing. like and you know i was telling you about the ray park incident yeah and here's an example and and this my response wasn't actually like vitriol or anything like that but i was like when someone said that you know Disney had no choice, I was like, yes, they did, and I explained you know about a little bit, right. and then you know what? I looked at that and I was like, I don't even need to put this on here, and I just deleted what I was going to say. Yeah, people—they're not going to listen. They're going to—they're going to yell at you and yeah. and call you names, and you know, because you know, here here here's the thing, and 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 Tom, I know you're not listening to this because you know I've had. I, I've actually said nice things to him on Twitter, like, hey, I really like this issue, and he replied, nerd. Um, great. Awesome. You know, whatever. I am a nerd. I own it. Um, but, like, you know, not everyone has to agree with you. That you like, yeah. th- This is the problem, is you have all these people who sit in their room in front of their keyboard and think, this person in Alabama doesn't agree with me. This person in California doesn't agree with me. This person wherever doesn't agree with me. I have to do something about that. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't. Right. Because and, everybody learns in some way or another. Right. And you were just talking about emotional EQ. The emotional maturity of people, like social media has, and again, I, I don't, I'm not going to blame it all on social media because people make choices. Right. But social media has had a major hand in just the devastation of people's emotional maturity right. and or lack thereof, I should say. Yeah. 
like no, because right. someone says something to you online, you get upset and want to cancel them, mm-hmm. or you know you call them names because they don't agree with your take. And it could be, and again, it it was funny. This, I mean, this was a few years ago where you know this person made a video on something on on YouTube. I can't remember what it was, but I made a comment. I was like, I disagree with everything you said, and I explained why. Mm-hmm. And his response was like, "Thank you very much for being so cordial in your, yeah. you know, in your response to that." There's no other and reason he, to be. Now, here's right. here's the thing: is okay, so. So he, he posts this and, you know, things blow up and it says here several hours later, King issued another statement on social media, noting that he'd spoken with Lee directly. And uh, n- uh, and not only is the artist not on social media, well, he's not on Twitter. He ha- Jay Lee has an Instagram account where he shares one right. of two things. What he's working on that week or a picture of his dog. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, and he says uh, the artist is not on social social media, but didn't know Comicsgate existed doesn't support their views. King also indicated that things were all quote, all good regarding Lee. Um, and it was a good outcome. Um, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to get to that other thing in a sec. So one Jay Lee is Asian. Jay Lee's wife, who is also in comics is Asian. Um, the whole idea of comics gate would be to keep those people of color and other ethnicities and, and everything out of comics. So Jay Lee is not a comic skate person, right? Like just by nature, he, he can't be. All right. So Jay Lee responds to this and like, this is so much fun to talk about. Um, so he responded uh, on his Instagram um, talking about how their dog went down to see a specialist in San Diego, did not survive. The dog died due to complications of the surgery. Um, so they were going to get their, their beloved pet who was cremated and they were going to spread the ashes and on the way down, it says here, um, I'm writing this because I'm angry. This is from Jay Lee's post on Instagram. These irresponsible tweets are not harmless. They do not just go away. They have real world consequences. They can take away your job, your life, your memories. June and I were robbed of a special day. So no, we're not all good. So I love that. Here's the thing is Tom King did not think plain and simple. Mr. King, mm-hmm. please think in the future because I would can, I would like to continue buying your comics because like I said, I'm I'm I enjoy your work. Um I I feel like I I'm saying this because I'm holding you to a higher standard that you should be holding yourself to as well. Um and this is sad. I mean, this guy was going through a tough time like like imagine if Cooper died. Imagine like how I'd be if Toph died. Like, right? You know, I mean, th- th- this is a part of your family. Um, you know, so going on, and you know, and so he says, "This is the start. This isn't the start of a conversation. This is the end. So please don't drag me into a world I never wanted to be a p- part of, nor will I ever want to be a part of. I want to honor his dog's name is Loki. Loki by going <laughs> back to producing art made with love for people who enjoy it for what it is." something that hopefully brings joy into their lives. And then mommy and daddy miss you very much. Loki, our love, Um, you know, it it just makes me sad that, that there's people out there who are still bashing Jay Lee because of the, uh, the tweets. And so this, this leads to the final story and there I've, there's links to all of this stuff in the show notes. I I think you guys could definitely go read this for yourself. Um, So, 
you know, Tom King finally put out an apology. Um, and the, the apology here, what bothers me about this is all of his tweets were in text, right? Searchable text. Mm-hmm. All right. The tweet was a, the, the apology was a picture of something he wrote in like the notes taking app on his phone and then yeah. put the picture up, which is not searchable, right? So he's still right. underhandedly saying, like, I don't believe what you're saying, Jay Lee. I think you should be canceled. And I'm going to show you, I, I'm going to make a, a, a quote unquote apology, but it's not going to be as readily available to find as my original statement, which is the problem with the media today. All right. Yeah. So here, here's his, here's his, I'm going to say quote unquote apology. Um, as I've done privately, I'd like to publicly apologize to Jay Lee. What about his wife? Uh, for my actions a few days ago, I should have talked to Jay before I sent a tweet about him that put his career at risk. I made a critical mistake, and I am profoundly sorry. I will do what I can to repair this with Jay, and I will do better in the future. I'm not going to offer explanations because they sound like excuses, and I'm not asking for forgiveness or understanding. I'm just saying I see what I did and I'm going to try and make up for it. Thank you. I've kept up the tweets up until this point in order to show that I was not hiding my actions. I will now take them down. I, I this this is the the, the classic non apology apology, right? Yeah. And and I, I'm glad you said that because when I first read that and again, maybe and I wanted to I wasn't sure if it was because I was so irritated and by his initial reaction, his initial tweet, no, not irritated, pissed off because this is a thing we're seeing more and more and there's no consequences for people that start this. Right. Uh, you know, just like you said in the media, they'll, they'll do a story that gets 5 million shares and there's an egregious error in it that completely changes the tenor of what they're talking about. They issue a, you know, an update to that. And that only gets what a hundred thousand retweets. So maybe. you yeah, still have maybe. millions of people out there that still believe what it is. Right. And in this case, when I first read this apology, it, 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 there's nothing genuine about it to no. me. Nothing at all. So, no, so I reached out to DC um, Public Relations because there, there, there has been a slew of double, double standards happening with DC now. Um, you have this. And you, you like, so Tom King also went after Dean Kane a few weeks ago because Dean Kane's a conservative and, and Tom King is not. Um, and apparently Dean Kane is Asian, which is news to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you know that? No, I, like I told you, I, I found that out. I don't even know how, like a couple years ago. And it was one of those things. I was like, really? I found it out. I did not know that. I found it out by researching this story. Yeah. So, you know, which and it doesn't matter. But so now and and I'm going to I'm going to defend Tom King here for a second. Um there are a lunch bunch of people being like, "Well, he's obviously Asian against racist or uh racist against Asians." You you can't you can't. No, this is not a this is not a a causation correlation thing. This just happens to be he was he went after a conservative cuz he's a lib or leftist and he went after Jay Lee because he thought as a leftist, Jay Lee was doing something that upset him. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, okay, fine. You have your principles, whatever. Um, but you still don't go after people's careers like yeah. that. You know what? If you have something wrong with it, like you said, get in contact with the person you have an issue with. Take it to HR. Yeah. Don't – this whole 
the first thing I'm going to do is, is tweet something or make a comment on my social media page is nauseating. Yeah. So, all right. Act I'll, like fucking adults. I'll, I'll, I'll give an example. Like, you're on the show now for a reason. And I did not air any of the, any of whatever went down in public. Now, right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm the only one out of the two of us who can say that. Yeah, it, it's so you know I like th- this is a it's a thing where you you go on and you bash people and you block people and and you do other things, but what bothers me the most is that this is an image, it's not searchable, and mm-hmm. and I, he's it, it's all platitudes and and you know and and it's none of the you know maybe I should take the month of August off from Twitter. You know, maybe I need to reevaluate like my my life and and my my communication habits. Um, You know, I'm caught in this echo chamber of of Twitter that, you know, um, you know, to be honest, like, I don't think I'm going to be posting any more to Twitter Um, for the show or anything. Like if you guys follow us on Twitter, please follow on Instagram or, or on Facebook. Um you know, or sign up for the newsletter. Um, you know, I, I, cause I, I think Twitter is just, it, it, it's turned into this weird, this weird place where, where nothing good ever happens. Yeah. And you know what my favorites, you know, I still might steal the star Wars, um, quote on that. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy <laughs> right. than you will on Twitter. So I've I mean, been saying that for like a couple of years now. There's still people who are going after Jay Lee for this. And it's like he didn't know about it. And, and the whole like thing is he was hired through a third party to draw this cover for a, a comic book called Cyber Frogs f- for a man who he's worked with for two decades. Right. Yeah. Like, I- I'm sorry. Like, you, you have friends. You do. You do things for your friends. You, you know. If someone comes to you and says, hey, here's $1,000 draw a comic book cover, okay, I mean, it's going to suck, right. but I'm going to draw it for you, you know, like, <laughs> you know, what? what's it about? Okay, I can't draw that, but I'll draw something, um, you know, because I can't draw. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I, I, it's it's like, just please think. Please, please, please think about what you're doing. Um, think about what you're saying and think about who it affects and how it affects them because at the end of the day, you don't know the whole story about what's happening with someone else. Yes. Couldn't have said it better. And I don't mean to sound preachy. I really, really don't. And, and you know, um, I, I want everyone to, to get along. I want people to have differences. I want people to have uh, logical and not even logical. I want people to have um, thought provoking and, and, you know, core changing conver- conversations. But we don't we don't get to yeah. do that anymore because of shit like this, right? And yep. yeah, you know we keep saying we're gonna like be less political about the stuff we're talking about. <laughs> like we've just been but, going down a rabbit hole further and further. Can movies please? Point, you said, can movies yeah, you please come this, out again? <laughs> yes, please. But you said this earlier about how the comics industry is kind of like eating itself with all of this high school drama type so, on Twitter. Okay, so comic comic books do not sell like they used to, right? Like right. a a 
top selling comic book now sells like 500,000 issues. That's like the pinnacle. That was like the walking dead for the last like six issues, you know? Um, that's like a weird, like number one or the, the introduction, introduction of punchline Joker's daughter and Batman 92, um, under James Tinian. Um, but like, you know, you, you see, they keep pushing for like inclusion and diversity and, 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 you know, that's great. And especially when they come up with new characters and I'm, I'm, I'm all for supporting a new character. Right. But the, the, the problem, and, and I think this is where the, the comics gate people get into trouble is it's when you take like a character like Iceman, right. And you decide after 70 years, 50 years, whatever it is, he's gay. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. just make a new character, make a new gay character. Who's awesome. And as kick-ass as Iceman has ever been. Don't like change the fundamentals of who that character is on a whim, just because you feel like yeah. it, because you're trying to play, play to an audience. Um, and that's, that's always been my problem with the whole diversity angle in, well, just in anything. It can be done well, and there are many, 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 many examples of it being done fabulously. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, from movies, from TV shows, from comics to books, any like anything you can talk about. Yeah. And then there's other ones where, like you said, they're just changing it to change it up. And it, it doesn't necessarily, it's not just diversity. It, like, it can be anything, but it, like when you're doing something for the wrong, again, it's gone about like, what are the, what are your reasons of doing it? Do you want to tell, do you want it to be about diversity or a compelling story that mm -hmm. just happens to have a character that's black or Asian right. or female? And and we'll go back to warrior nun. They handled that fantastically. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't even have to mention what it is because that's how fantastic they handled it because it was completely organic to the story. Yeah, absolutely. It was. And of all that group of, of, um, party hopping douchebags like Chanel's the only one I want to see in season two um <laughs> so yeah it's uh it's a strange time it really is it's a strange time and you know like uh I think the example I think is squirrel girl is a really good example they, they keep trying to like shove squirrel girl down everybody's throat um and a squirrel girl comic will come out every year or so um you know year 12 to 18 months they'll 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 try to launch a new squirrel girl comic and it'll it'll do all right for two or three issues and then it goes where it's selling like maybe 10,000 issues like it's just not doing well because squirrel girl's not a character that is interesting or or fun like it's a no she's a novelty right she works best as part right. of a team um not solo uh right like they took um they did a flash thompson became venom right and it was it was great mm -hmm. it was it was great for a while and you know it was it was well written it was good art it was a compelling story but the minute they teamed him up with the guardians of the galaxy uh that book went to shit because it wasn't an interesting story anymore all of a sudden they took venom back to its home planet and cured it okay that's not fun okay like you just so you just ruined another character to make this one character sound interesting, but it was much more interesting when he was fighting with the symbiote to make it do good. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't, it's that you know. conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, so yeah, comics, please just do better. Please just keep telling good stories or get back to telling good stories and, and, and just leave the rest of it alone. Um, you know, I, I've been catching up on stuff because of, of everything and, and, you know, I'll say it. The Dr. Afra book, um, 
she's one of the most refreshing new characters in Star Wars. And hopefully, yeah, I don't know about that. hopefully they make like maybe an animated series with her or a live action series or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, go from there, but all right, let's move on. So umbrella Academy, uh, I'm stoked for season two. I imagine you are as well. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, in case you have forgotten, um, the series is based on, um, the comics written by my chemical romance lead singer, Gerard way. Um, and I guess the summary is really easy. On one day in 1989, 43 infants were inexplicably born to random unconnected women who showed no signs of pregnancy the day before. Seven were adopted by billionaire industrialist Sir Reginald Hargraves, um, who creates the Umbrella Academy and prepares his, quote, children to save the world. In their teenage years, though, the family fractures and the team disbands. Let's fast forward to the present time when the six surviving members of the clan reunite upon the news of Hargreaves passing, they work together to solve a mystery surrounding their father's death, but divergent personalities and abilities again, pull the estranged family apart and a global apocalypse is another eminent threat. Um, the, the first season of this show was such a surprise. Um, yeah, because it went so, it went so far divergent of the, of the comic much like warrior nun. Um, and I, I think you and I will probably keep going back to warrior nun as like, just kind of a really yeah. good example for a lot of things lately. Um, even though it was, it's not the best show. It, it wasn't yeah, the best story, perfect. but it did a lot yeah. of things. It just did a lot of the little things, right? Um, and this one yeah. did a lot of the little things, right? As well. Um, fantastic cast, fantastic writing, amazing use of music. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's the you know we we talk about yeah. So so I rewatched ep- the first episode a couple of days ago. Um, I haven't been able to get into everything else lately because just been so busy with work. But once again, the dance scene in episode one—that's when what was it? Maybe fifteen minutes into the show, fifteen yeah, or twenty yeah. minutes. I don't remember. It's like the halfway point of, of episode one. Yeah. And shows them all dancing. Well, first of all, you see the conflict mm-hmm. between everyone. You know, they're just a f- like like the summary set fractured. They're they're, they, petu- they're they, petulant. <laughs> yeah, they are an absolute like they are the poster children of a dysfunctional family, mm-hmm. and like their personalities are so different and just you know so, just so different that. You see that from the start. You're like mm-hmm. that's one thing that the first episode does a great job of is showing just that you know the tension between everyone, right? Um, and then you have the dance. You know, once they get to the mansion after they learn of their father's death, mm-hmm. you know they have the dance um, <laughs> to routine, Tiffany's. Which, I think you're alone now. Yeah, it's that's awesome. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, this show is I, – I still remember when I first watched it because, again, I didn't know what to expect. I think I read a, a few issues because I heard about it, and right. I was like, okay, let me check this out. Uh, but I was n- by no means a fan of the series beforehand. Or yeah, I did like not that. read the comic before I saw the show, and I love them both equally for different reasons, for and especially for their differences. Right. So, yeah, it, the – 
that pilot episode really gets you into who these people are. Mm-hmm. Um, so a funny production note is um, each one of them, their their dancing was the very first thing that they filmed. Oh, really? And there was nobody else on set, just them by themselves in their little cubby room. That is awesome. Right? Like, Yeah, that's it. Little, I love hearing little things like that. That's so, um, yeah, there's a great there's a great video on YouTube with uh, the guy that plays Luther and the guy that plays Klaus, because um, you know the guy that plays Luther was uh, Dick and Tarly uh, in Game of Thrones, yeah. and Klaus is and Irish. He was in, uh, and he was in Black Sails. He was. Uh, oh, okay. I see. Uh, I still gotta watch that. I still gotta Dude, watch. Dude, Black that. Sails is amazing. It's been on my Hulu watch list for years, and I've never I've never started it. Um, and it has one of the best intros out yeah. there. All right, cool. Of any show, and it's that's Stephen S. Tonight, right? Yes. Yeah, I gotta watch. I believe that. so. Uh, anyway, so they were they were doing this like they were riding around London on the subway, just talking about the production. And uh, um, Tom Hooper, who is Luther, shared like he does that little crab thing with his hands back and forth. And uh, yeah. that came from he was out at a club with some friends, and this girl came up and just started doing that in front of him. And so when they're like, just dance, that was the first thing he thought to do. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So the first episode we get, they all come back together, right? They all, they come back to the Umbrella Academy headquarters, mansion, house, um, where they find Reginald has died. Uh, Well, they find that for the, through the news. Um, And they were all in, in different parts of the, the world and time and space. Um, so you have number one, who is Luther. Um, in the comic, he's also known as Space Boy. You have number two, Diego, uh, who was also known as the Kraken in um, the comic. And then I believe it was Allison was next, number three? Yeah. Okay. So Allison is number three, and um, she is the rumor. Um, and then number four was um, Klaus. Klaus, who is the seance. Um, and I really wish they would have used the comic names more, um, with the, the code names and stuff, um, than they did in the show. Uh, and then you have number five who goes off into the future and he's just number five. We never, we don't know his name yet. Um, I don't think their robot mom had named them yet, uh, when he disappeared. And then you have, uh, number six, which was Ben, who is the terror. Uh, and then you have Vanya who is number seven, who becomes the white violin um, at the end of the first uh, series of comics. So it was funny when I wrote down the names where I had like little kind of like for them, like for Luther, I had like, he's like the dutiful son. He's the one that he's Cyclops. It's always. Yeah. He's my favorite Um, character. Shocker, right? Yeah. For Diego, I had he's like the crime fighter, but he's like the mama's boy. But yeah. he's also the one he's always trying to prove himself to be as good as Luther. Right. Uh, he's he's like Jason Alice, Todd. Yeah, Alice. <laughs> that's a good one. Allison is like the burning star in yep. the sense of you know with her you know Hollywood and everything. Yeah. Klaus is that troubled child who gets involved in it, which again we know why he yeah. does because he can see dead people. Um, five is five. I think is more like. Hargraves than he would admit. Yeah, in certain ways. And I don't know if they mentioned it on the show or not, but in the comic, Five and Luther are brothers. They have this. They actually have the same mom. Do 
Did I just blow your I mind? Even, <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I'm I, I'm trying to remember if I like remember seeing yeah. that. You were today years old when you found that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. But like, and ben, honestly, out of all the powers, I wanted to see Ben's more. Yeah, like, we only get to see it that one. T- uh, again, it's all Yeah, he's got the tentacles and. <laughs> I love the scene when they stop the bank robbery and like. Yeah, he's like, "Do I have to? Do I have to?" And they're like, "Just go." And he comes out and he's covered in blood. <laughs> Poor Ben. <laughs> so, and then you have Vanya. Yeah, who's like the runt of the litter, although she ends up being pretty much the most powerful one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, in, in this first episode, I, I love the the coffee shop scene where five yes. or the donut shop where five just kind of takes everyone to task. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of uh, X two when Nightcrawler yeah. uh, in, infiltrates it's, the White House. Yeah, it's really really close to that. Um, and and a good use of teleportation powers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, it, sh- it, sh- oh, it shows how much how how much kick how much ass you could kick if you could teleport like that. Right. Right. Uh, Shield actually did a really good job with uh, some teleportation fighting on this week's episode, um, Agents of Shield, in its final season. Um, okay, so episode two, we get five showing up to Vanya's. Um, to talk to her about the end of the world. Um, Vanya thinks there's something wrong with him. We're into introduced to Cha-Cha and Hazel. Um, one, Cha-Cha being played by Mary J. Blige is fantastic casting. She was so, so good. Yeah, I, I love that chemistry between the yeah, the those partners. Um, yeah, and the funny thing is Hazel is uh, Cameron. Oh, I can't remember his last name, and I didn't write it down. Um, he he's the he's the serial killer from the first season of Mindhunters that um, yeah. Jonathan Goff's character is talking to the whole time. Um, he the yeah, you're absolutely right. The two of them are great together. Um, but there, so we find out that there's um, essentially a time, a time um, traveling agency that goes through and 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 fixes time. Uh, or or changes time to to make sure the right outcomes happen. Yeah, and we find out that um, do we is this episode two where we find out that five was a part of that, or is that later on? Uh, we have not found that one out yet. We just know okay. that they're after him because um, he took the tracker out of his wrist at the end of episode one. Um, right. We learn more about Diego um, and and his relationship with uh, Detective Patch. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we learn, we learn just a little bit more about everybody and we meet Leonard who ends up being one of the bad guys in the series. Um, moving on to episode three, uh, we learn about Allison and, um, we learn more about grace. We learn more about, you know, uh, the prosthetic eye that, um, that number five has, and he's trying to figure out who it belongs to because that's the person who started the, uh, the apocalypse. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I don't think we need to go through episode by episode. Yeah, we don't. I, I think, I think the high points are, um, anytime all seven of them or well, well, yeah, seven. Cause Ben's, well, Ben's ghost is always there. Um, when they're, they're all together. Um, 
Whenever the six are together, though, yeah, that that's the highlights of the series, right? right. Um, I I think you know the the whole unrequited love between like romantic love between Luther and Allison is a really interesting and creepy at the same time subtext that's going yes. on. Um, but still makes for like a really compelling story, and the fact that she used her her rumor abilities on her kid. Um, and her, she was married and he found out and and the husband was like, yeah, we're out. <laughs> right. And it, it's not that, it, and, and I, and I agree with that as far as them being together. And, and, and it's that one of the things I wrote down just watching the first episode, and this is all the way through for the most part, is that there's like that uncomfortable type of tension between almost everyone. Yeah, I think Luther and Allison kind of break it between them mm-hmm. when they kind of, you know, like it's down the road and that whole, yeah, th- yes, they're siblings, but they're technically not related, right. even though, you know, that's, it's still a little creepy because they've grown up together and everything. Um, but it's, it's kind of like creepy in the sense of Barry and Iris and yeah. the Flash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because you know, <laughs> Barry, you know, Barry lived with Iris for what for years when they yeah. were when his mother died. Yeah, and I always thought that I thought that was a little weird. That, that was a strange, that yeah, that route. was a really strange take on that relationship. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't a huge, I you know, again, I wasn't a huge fan of their relationship. And the, the fact the, that Joe was so in the show, yeah, and Joe was so like gung ho for it. Yeah, yeah. it's like ew, yeah. ew, ew, yeah. So, but, the, but it's, but it's perfect for this type of, for this show, for the Umbrella Academy, because it's so weird. It's so different of a show. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you have all these kooky, Cha-Cha and uh, Hazor and yeah. the other kooky right. characters. You and know, you Hazor have, has his own romance. Oh yeah. You have Grace, the robot mom. You have Pogo, the, yeah. the, the talking monkey, uh, chimpanzee. Yeah. It, it's, you know, Hargraves is, may or may not be an alien. Um, Spoiler in the comics, he's an alien. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, I, I think some of the things I like best are like Five's flashbacks to working with the commission, um, where we learn about him being like the greatest assassin in the history of time travel assassins. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the 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 stuff where you know I'm not the biggest uh, Ellen Page fan, right? Um, right. But I thought she killed it in this role because, like, she had to be uncomfortably weird. Um, you know, I I liked I I love Klaus. Klaus is great, especially when he gets kidnapped by Cha Cha and Hazel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That. Yeah, I, I would have to say I really, you know, I I love the dutiful dutiful nature of Luther. Um. I, I really did like Diego again, probably because of the whole knives thing. Yeah, Diego is fun. Diego is a fun a character. Yeah. yeah. Um, Klaus jumps to Vietnam and falls in love with a guy yeah. named Dave. I, re- I really like that backstory of him, you know, being, you know, doing the whole, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, when he comes into that BA and there's a picture of him mm-hmm. on the wall. Right. Right. But like all, every character gets their moments. That, and that's one of the things I, you know, I like about, like a lot of the MCU movies and a lot of the, you know, their team up movies, everybody gets a chance to shine. Right. And, and again, uh, but it, it's that tension between everyone that, you know, because at first they're not sure the motivations of any of their siblings. No. And, 
Well, yeah. they don't they and don't Luke. trust each other because they don't know each right. other anymore. And and right. they have all they have is the preconceived notions of what they were like when they were teenagers. Um yeah. and yeah. And and like we said earlier in our discussions about other things, you know, when you're teenagers, you're pretty much stupid. You're so, dumb. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, you're dumb. Like and if you, like who wouldn't want to go back in time and bitch slap their teenage self and be like, "Oh, absolutely. You know, don't like, do this." What were you thinking? Yeah, what were you thinking? Shopping cart tag in Myers at 3 a.m. is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, so... Dude, shopping cart tag, I, still my greatest invention of all time. It should I have been an Olympic remember. sport. You know what's funny you say that? Because when I lived in Florence, what, like when we started hanging out yeah. in 05, I still remember going to Meyer a couple times and seeing kids doing that. So shopping cart tag is you need 10 people because it's five teams of two. One person pushes the cart and one person is in the cart. You designate someone as it. Everybody else runs out to the end around the store with their person in the cart. And the only way that you're not it anymore is if you can knock that cart over and knock the person out. It's such a terrible idea. Yeah. We knocked a stack. We knocked one of those stacks down with like stuff on it. So. Oh, we were banned. Jeez. We got kicked out and banned. It was sad. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, like I think another highlight is like in the last episode when they're in the theater and, and Vanya's going full supervillain and you know the the commission's troops are are in there trying to take the family out, and then Klaus manifests Ben's physical form and his powers, yes. and it was such a cool scene and you know, it was really, really good, which leads to like the preview for season two where um, I thought Ben was real, but now I'm thinking Ben doesn't ever get his body back. And he's just a ghost haunting Klaus because he says ghosts don't time travel. But I don't know. There's also the scene where they're bitch slapping each other. Like they're fighting. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited for tomorrow to, to find this out. Yeah. I haven't so. watched, I know they uh, showed the first couple minutes of the first episode. I think they put that. Yeah. Online, I didn't, I didn't, I don't want to watch it. I didn't I, watch I'm it. just gonna, yeah. I don't want to watch the first couple minutes and be like, all right, let's no. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Tomorrow. Um, and, uh, Kate, um, the lady from Grey's Anatomy. Yes, and um, private practice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I never watched that one. Um, but she's the head of the commission. She is awesome as well. Um, she she's a she's a fantastic foil for number five. Yes, absolutely. But um, I think just kind of to to just remember because it's been since twenty what was it twenty eighteen twenty nineteen that it came out. Um, it's been yeah it was February twenty nineteen so it's been a while. Um, it was, it is a, it's a fun and kooky show. It's a very weird family. It's a very weird story, which I think, yes. uh, you would come to expect from Gerard way. Um, but it's, it's full of story mm-hmm. and character and character, which is important and fun and worth watching. Yeah. Because this is one of those, it, it's so, it's, it's so important because, for the character aspect for me, because the story itself is kooky, like you said, but without the characters keeping me there, I don't know if the story would have been, I don't know if I would have stayed for the story, you know, if the characters weren't so right, just damn, so damn fun. Mm-hmm. And even in their most uncomfortable moments. Yeah. 
So it's that great blend of this that kooky story, weird and disjointed characters who are very well fleshed out. So just kind of real quick, because I, I we just kind of named them, but like so Luther has superpowers. He's like, well, they all have superpowers. Luther has super strength, um, some amount of invulnerability, um, but he was the only one who stayed. He got hurt and he got an injection, and now his torso is that of an ape. Um, in the comic, he gets hurt and they um, transplant his head, yeah. his head onto an alien gorilla, which I really <laughs> wish they would have figured out a way to do that. Yeah, um, because the design, like the CG yeah, the design characters. of Space Boy in in the comic is one of the coolest things. And there are a couple really great like statues, like Maniket statues, um, of Space Boy that Dark Horse put out that go for like a ton of money because they're impossible to get. Um, you know, D- Diego, his powers, he throws knives and can control them. Um. In the comic, so, he he has a control over like his lungs, and he can blow things around and, and move things around that way. So he will throw a knife and like and like make it move, kind of like uh, Yondo in a way. Oh, so yeah, I was I wasn't sure if that was like he has like some type of kines- telekinesis with the knives. Or- so yeah, in in this because you've seen a you see a couple times where he'll throw it and it'll do like that wanted like curving of the bullet. Type yeah. Thing. <laughs> Um, Allison, obviously, um, she, she says, I heard a rumor and then we'll like, be like, you're going to shoot yourself in the face. And that's what they do. Um, so she's got the power of mind control and manipulate, manipulate, manipulation. Um, (laughs) that's a hard word to say. Um, and then Klaus is obviously, you know, we, we've talked about him. He communes with the dead. Um, the scene where he finally gets to talk to Hargraves in the great beyond, is fantastic. Um, that's another highlight of the season. Um, number five is a teleporter. Um, ben houses a creature <laughs> from another dimension in his body, yeah. which he can then let out, like not all the way out, but like kind of open up and, and let it come out and do bad things. Um, what is it? Uh, what do they say in wrestling? Uh, bad intentions. Um, <laughs> to uh, to be you know the powerhouse, and then Vanya, who we think doesn't have powers until the end, it turns out she has a pretty strong telekinetic ability. Um, but what it turns out is she manipulates sound waves to do things, and she kills a number of nannies before Hargraves figures out to use to build one, um, which is Grace, which was another fun scene. Um, albeit really creepy watching a little girl just indiscriminately kill a bunch of maids. Yeah, that, that kind of reminded me of the expanse. Like when I think of, you know, poor maids and nurses dying at the hands of kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then her powers, like, you know, I mean, she she actually destroys a part of the moon and has it fall down on, on Earth, you know, ending civilization. So, um, and then at the end they jump back in time um so yeah i'm really excited to see what happens here um i think you know i was a little sad that they didn't jump back and have the kids like do a season with all those kids who were the 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 kids in the flashbacks oh yeah yeah 
Like I would have liked to see, to see more of that. Yeah, I would have liked to seen a whole season of them with their adult consciousnesses, knowing what happens, making different decisions. Um, I, I, I thought that would have been really neat. Um, the funny thing too is the guy that plays Hargreaves is the um the guy from and I can't believe we're mentioning this movie two weeks in a row. Um, Chronicles of Riddick, the the guy who's in charge yeah. of the necromancers. Yeah, he was the necro. Yeah, yeah the, the necro king or whatever. Yeah, Com Fior. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's fun. Like he's unrecognizable with the the facial uh, facial hair and and hair and the monocle uh, and the monocle. I want but, a monocle, man. Yeah, I you could rock a monocle. Could you keep it in while you're doing jujitsu? Uh, probably that's, not because it would go in my eye and, and like stab me in the brain. That's the challenge. Yeah. I mean, they would have to go pretty deep to reach that brain. Uh, like my my brain starts behind, right behind my eyeball. I, I I don't think that's true. I think it's like three, three like or Modoc. four inches behind your eyes. Yeah, you're like because I'm like Modoc. You're like mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, so yeah, you definitely guys, you got to go watch that. So anyway, real quick, just um, if you guys like our show and. Um, I'll be honest, like I, I, you know, I re-listened to it and, and if it wasn't us doing it, I would still listen to the show. Um, like I, like we have a lot of fun doing this. We hope you guys enjoy it. Um, help us out by subscribing, actually head over to YouTube and subscribe. Um, and you know, if you can like the videos or, or whatnot, everything gets put up on, on YouTube a couple days after it goes live. Um, or join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash infamous podcast, um, where you can get access to the movies or the movies, uh, the movies that we shoot. Uh, no, the, the episodes on Thursday nights, uh, right after we record them. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Daryl, like I, this was, this was a very interesting week of news. I mean, yeah, I mean, there was a ton of it. There was so and, much and again, that came out and, and honestly, like if the Tom King thing had not really affected me the way it did like there was so much other stuff to talk about but i feel like because comics are so important to me like we really need to kind of call out this bad behavior and and say hey please act better so tom please act better because better people yeah because like you 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 are an interesting new voice in comics you you've only been at it for a couple years and yeah and and i would I would just say the biggest thing take away from this, and this goes from comics to anything. Don't use social media to air your grievances out with somebody. If you have a problem with somebody, call them up. Yeah. Talk to them. Yeah. Call that's text, it. Whatever. It's, it's that simple. Yeah. No, not just call. Don't use social media. That's number one. Don't yep. use social media to air your problems with somebody else. So. So look forward to um, Daryl's YouTube video next week where he's airing his grievances with me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that they're Brian. I can't. Do you want to know something about Brian? <laughs> <laughs> so, and and hopefully in the next week, Daryl will get his um, bio over to me and a good picture to put up, or else I'm gonna write your bio for you and I'm gonna put your picture up. I, I actually have an idea for my picture too. Awesome. I just got one. It's gonna be you and that cat. Maybe. Anyway, um, yeah. All right, so. I mean, definitely, guys, check out, like, um, like, like I, I think if you can get to a local comic store and, and you know, go and check it out and pick up a comic, like, um, a trade, 
a trade paperback. They're collections of comics if you haven't done it before. Go in there and just grab something. If you like sci-fi, check out Saga. If you like superheroes, check out Invincible. Um, I mean, the Batman comics are good right now. Action comics has been good for a while. Um, you know, the the Marvel stuff, the Fantastic Four has been really good by Dan Slott, even though he's kind of one of those people who needs to stay off of social media. Um, you know, and, and go go check these people out and, and, and check out the work. It's really good. Check out the umbrella Academy. It's there's three trades right now and are really good. Um, Haley just read all the, the, um, the avatar, the last airbender graphic novels that have come out. Um, and she's getting ready to start the core ones. Um, you know, so there, there's something for everyone right now. And, you know, it, it's well worth keeping the medium alive. Yeah, that's that's one thing I might I need, and again I'm I'm more of the graphic novels guy. Uh, one of the things I'd like are some, like so I told you about the Dresden Files. Yeah, and I have a few of the graphic novels for yeah. that, which are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you because know, it's a, you know it's the same world, it's written by the same yeah. guy. I like the art, and it just tells different stories that they mentioned in the book series, but they ne- there's just not enough time to get to. Yeah, stuff like that. I love those type of you know additions to a series. So. And there's been a couple other ones for other series as well, which I probably, I think I, you know, just to, you know, for that type of support, you know, look for, I look for stuff like that. Absolutely. But yeah. And check out um, Malik Raining from last week. That was a really good book that we, uh, we talked when about. When did you say episode two or episode two? When did you say, uh, I don't, I don't know. Issue issue. Number two? I don't know. He didn't tell me. Okay. Um, but yeah. So yeah, just, Go go pick up a comic. Actually, you know what? Go pick up like um, the DC Rebirth stuff that Tom King did. Check it out. It's 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 an interesting take on the character. It it, it adds a, a a different sense of realism than like the Nolan Batman. Um, but at the same time, it's still pretty fantastical. And you know, um, if you like Adam Strange, uh, Strange Tales Str- or Strange Adventures, sorry, is it's only in the third issue. It's an adult book. Um, it's it's the black label book from DC, but it's it's really good and it's really well worth a read. Um, oh, Heroes in Crisis, that was the one um, where uh, someone. So Heroes in Crisis is an interesting book, Daryl. You actually would like this. There is a a place called Sanctuary where all the heroes can go to like seek psychiatric help, and it's an AI that was set up by Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman that like the heroes talk to and it, it helps them work things through, and then somebody finds sanctuary and kills everybody there. Holy crap. And then it is. And then they, but then they blame it on either. They they think either booster gold or Harley Quinn did it. So the two of them are on the run trying to clear their own names. It's really, it's really, really interesting. I know some people didn't like it. I found it. I found it very compelling um, because you got to see like a lot of heroes that just don't get seen in DC comics lately. So, yeah, that's my that's my pick. Go ask for Heroes in Crisis. That sounds pretty interesting. It is. So, all right. Well, on that note, uh, real quick, we forgot to thank him at the top of the show, so we're gonna do it at the bottom of the show. Julian Brown, thank you for being a patron. Uh, you guys can join him on Patreon.com uh, and check that out, or uh, go go check out our shirts at at Fine Pork Apparel. Um, we have some cool shirts, and we need to we need to get another one made here soon um, to incorporate Daryl. Um, but yeah. All right, dude. Any last words? Nope. Uh, just like I said, if you have problems, talk them out. 
Also, check out your late, check out your comic book stores. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, with new episodes out every Sunday. You can find more information about the show online at infamouspodcast.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Infamous Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash infamouspodcast for our new tiers and rewards. The Infamous Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Brian Tudor. So whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Later.